Hey guys, it's Dom, and welcome home. I got to sit down with my lovely husband and talk about mostly his, but a little bit of my transitioning out of the military experience, and he kind of explored a little bit more of um, his time in as well, and so I think it it gives a new, unique view on um, another transitioning out of the military experience. And all right, here we go. Hey guys, I'm sitting here with my beautiful husband. <laughs> um, he's a little wrapped up in a blanket, all cozy. Yeah, I'm very cozy. I see that you have something in your cup. You you said I was supposed to be comfortable, so I got a little glass of bourbon uh, to go along with today's interview. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Um, yeah. So, my name is Fred. Uh, as Dom has already said, I am her husband. Um, we actually met in the Air Force together. Um, and I know today we're going to be talking about transitioning out of the military. I'm very excited about this. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> a lot of what you're going to say is what I went through, too, so... Yeah. 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 Uh, we, so, we had the joy of sharing our transitioning from the military together. Yeah. So when did you separate? <clears throat> so I separated in September of 2017, technically, but I had some leave saved up. Uh, so I actually left in August. Um, yeah, the actual separation date was September of 2017. What did you do right after? So right after, I went out to visit a friend um, in Thailand. Uh, before before the military, um, I'd spent almost a decade as a fighter, and this was this person was a good friend of mine, um, and he started to gym out there, uh, but things didn't work out, so I ended up having to come back to the lovely place that we were living in because you didn't separate for a few months after that. Yeah, um, and I had planned on coming back and working as a contractor, but I'm I'm sure we'll talk about that in just a second here. <laughs> that was a fun experience. Yeah, that was. Uh, did you always uh, have plans to separate? Yeah. So, when when I first joined, um, when I first joined, I was actually married. I was married to my first wife. Um, and that decision came about because at one point, uh, we were just looking at things and we wanted to get a dog. And I realized that the money I was making uh, at the gym, I mean, we, we had to really strongly think about getting a dog. We couldn't even really afford to get a dog. And if we had ever thought about getting a family, there's no way that was going to happen. Um, right after high school, I tried to go to college, but I was living on my own. I was trying to pay for everything. Um, I <laughs> am too stubborn to do a lot of paperwork, as you know. Yes. So, and, and back <laughs> at that time, the FAFSA was, was a dang novel that you had to fill out. Yes. Um, so I didn't have any extra money coming in. Uh, so I tried going to college. I was working two jobs, a part-time job, a full-time job, uh, and going to school full-time and also training and fighting, doing all that kind of stuff, trying to make a little extra money on the side. Um, but as time went on, I had to keep taking fewer and fewer classes just to make ends meet. During that time, I was homeless a number of times, living out of my car, technically homeless, living out of my car, um... I'd go days without eating, um, 
so eventually school just fell off completely. So the whole reasoning behind joining the military in the first place was I'm going to do my enlistment and then I'll use GI Bill when I get out. I had all these these great goals in mind about how I was going to get my degree and I was going to, you know, eventually get a PhD in psychology and I was going to start my own practice and work with troubled teens like I was. Um, so the original plan was one enlistment and, you know, GTFO. But, uh, I mean, I still stuck with the one enlistment, but everything else after that kind of, kind of fell apart. Yeah. Well, you weren't married to your first wife anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which ended very early on. It did. It did. So in your military career. I go to basic training, um, and things were already a little bit rocky. My father-in-law at the time um, had been diagnosed with stage four cancer, um, and it was it was pretty pretty far on. Um, he had tumors in his brain, tumors in his lungs. He was really struggling. They didn't think he was going to survive um, even through my basic training. Uh, but he ended up holding on for, I mean, a couple of months after that, two, three months after that. So I went through basic training, uh, got out, went to my, the first of my two tech schools. Um, I know you spoke with Murray. Yeah. Um, she, she and I actually went to the same tech school. She got there just a little bit before me. Mm. I think maybe a month or two. That would make sense. Yeah. I think a month or two before me. So that's actually where I met her. Um, but I got to that tech school and that first Christmas break. Uh, they call it Exodus, <laughs> which is kind of a fitting, uh, fitting term because we all fled that place. Yeah, like, we did. <laughs> like we were, anyway. On a mission. Like we were escaping right. the bonds of slavery. <laughs> um, but I, I went out, um, and they, my in-laws at the time lived in Hawaii. Uh, so I went out there and I, I was able to help out a little bit and have a lot of conversations. And, uh... He was on his way out. He made it through Christmas. And just before I, I, I came back, I had a long talk with him. The school that, that I was in, the school that Murray and I were in, is extremely difficult to get through. I, I've, I've My older brother was in the military as well. Uh, he was a, a nuke when he was in the, he was a nuclear electrician when he was in the, when he first enlisted. And I, he always, you know, talked about how hard my school was. And I think the difference is his was conceptually hard. Those topics, everything that they had learned, extremely difficult, very advanced math. Um, the school I was in, I don't think the concepts were very difficult. It was just the amount of information we were expected to learn and then, you know, become fluent in, uh, in a very, very short period of time. Um, we were told it's pretty much the equivalent of going from no education to a master's degree and we did it in a little under a year and a half um so missing one day would be like missing a month uh and i had i sort of had the option to stay a little bit longer and try to push back um my my school date but more likely they were just going to try to shove me in the class uh with already you know days behind which like I said would be like months behind in a regular school um or they were just gonna you know push me into something completely different and uh my my ex-father-in-law had made me promise him that you know I would I would finish on time uh so that I can take care of his daughter um and so I ended up coming back to tech school and he passed within uh just a few days after um so that was that was hard enough to deal with 
And then that kind of caused a little bit of a rift between uh, my ex-wife and I. We weren't arguing or anything like that. It was just separation. We just grew apart. And then even more fun, shortly after that, my father was diagnosed with stage four cancer. So it was back to back to back to back to back. Um, and part of what I did to get myself through this was I was, you know, I was a fighter before, so I was just a fitness maniac. I would run all the time. Uh, one of my good friends who I'd love to talk to uh, in one of these episodes, uh, I used to go on, we call them fat boy runs. <laughs> we were on the run team, so we would go run right after class. Um, we would lift weights during lunch and like we'd lift weights in the morning and then even in the middle of the night, because both of us are insomniacs, we'd go run in the middle of the night, but we'd run to like a fast food place and get some fat kid food. Um, doing all that, though, I ended up injuring myself a lot. Uh, just my body wore down. Um, and one of, the, one of the most fun things about being, especially in training in the military, was like, yeah, okay, you want to go see the doctor? Well, if you do that, there's a good chance you're going to get kicked out because you're going to miss too much class. Or they just don't even believe you that you're injured. I, I still have issues with my shoulders and knees because they would not let me see medical. Because either I was in training or I was operational and they needed me for mission. Hmm. Sorry, that was a really long tangent. It's I apologize okay. For it. it just, <laughs> it's okay because I feel like a lot of people will resonate with that. Yeah. Especially if they worked in like the same area as you. Yeah. Uh, what was your initial plan after separation, which we hit on a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, as you well know, I'm the kind of person to always have multiple plans. Yeah, we did. We had like three to five. Yeah, yeah. One of them one of them had the, the thing in Thailand worked out. Um, there was actually some pretty good money. We were going to be working with kind of hiring clients, and I was going to be teaching people how to box and, you know, do Muay Thai and stuff like that. Um, and possibly get, get into stunt work with, with my buddy Josh, cause that's mm. what he does. Um, but that was more, I didn't really, I didn't realistically believe that one was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but the, the biggest plan, the main plan was to try to go back as a contractor, at least for a couple of years. The job I did in the military, I would get paid three to four times more on the outside as a contractor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And I was talking to a company. I had already signed a contract with them. It was set. It was going to happen. But at the time, there was a, a bidding war. Who's going to get this contract? Um, you worked in the same building as me. Yeah. Um, so you, you know all about the contracts and there's civilian contracting companies and then also um, government agencies that we worked with. And they would bid for, for certain contracts, for certain missions in and, and certain areas of the world. Um, so first month went by. Uh, the first deadline for the, the bidding wars to be over went by. And they're like, oh, it's still happening. Mm -hmm. So another month goes. And another month goes. And then finally the contract is won. I'm like, All right, well, we need to get you back in for another polygraph test. We have to re-up your polygraph test because mm -hmm. we have to you know, get your clearance re-upped. Um, so the only ways for me to get my my clearance redone because it was it was a top secret SCI clearance um feasibly would have been if I had stayed in the military or if one of the contracting companies mm -hmm. did it and I was close enough to where the contracting company would do it they 
took forever to set a date. Then they finally set a date. And when that day came, this was during a time of like rolling furloughs because it was at the time when President Trump was basically throwing a fit because he couldn't get funding for the wall. Yeah. So he shut down the government. Yep. And uh, the day you were supposed to go for your the day I was supposed to go in from a polygraph test. And without the polygraph test, I can't do my job. Yeah. And if I can't do my job, the company can't pay me. And I've been unemployed since September. This was what? Yeah. December, January at this point? It was January. And finding work, finding work while separating, I will say this. It, It depends on where you are. We were in a very small city. It was also the time of year, too. And the time of year, yeah. We just Um, happened to be homeless every time Yeah. Christmas rolls around. That's always fun. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. So everybody's not working. So I couldn't (laughs) find work. You had had separated by then as well, and you couldn't find work. I Um, found work. I finally got called back uh, from Old Navy. Yep. And I worked there for like two weeks (laughs) before I was like... I'm going to dip out to Colorado <laughs> and try our chances out there because my parents live in the Springs. And yeah. we, it was a safety net kind of thing. Yeah, and you with a master's degree and experience in yeah. social work. I only got called, or yeah, I only got called back by one place that was in Columbia, which is like an hour away, an hour plus away. And yeah. then on top of that, it was only me $28,000. And so as a social worker, I'm not only commuting an hour or so to get to my building to like the office but then i would be commuting around to different places because i am a social worker you for twenty eight thousand dollars yeah and you i was like spent that much nah. in gas yeah i got paid more in the military than i would have with a master's degree <clears throat> yeah yeah so it was it was really bad it was really bad um and like you said you decided to come out to to denver um and within the first week, had a job. Yeah. Within Which was first... huge. Yeah. It was huge. Like, I applied to a job Sunday morning at probably, like, 5 because I was so used to the East Coast time. And then uh, they called me back at, like, 10 a.m. Yeah. And then I had a job for a whole year. Yeah. And I, I stayed behind to put um, our house up for rent. Yeah. Um, uh, which was... with the... Yeah. The horde of dogs. That I we did. Had. I did commune with the horde of dogs. The all four dogs. Is that it we a had. horde? <laughs> it was a pack. <laughs> it was a pack. <laughs> it's a horde. They were um, a horde. But it, I mean, and, and for a minute, I started to believe all the all the fear mongering that they they push when you get out. They're like, oh, it's too hard on the outside. It's too hard on the yeah. outside, which really blew my mind because I joined the military super late. Yeah, I, you joined at twenty seven, right? Yeah, I joined at twenty seven. Honestly. Had my job not dropped and had I had to wait, you know, a few more months, I actually would have needed a waiver to join because Mm -hmm. you you have to be done with basic training before you turn 28. Mm -hmm. I actually would have been too old to go active. Mm -hmm. Um, So I joined at 27 and I was like, I worked all those years. You know, I've been working since I was 15 years old. I've I've, I've worked all those years before. I don't remember being at that, uh, it being that hard. Yeah. Um. I I was starting to buy into all all that fear mongering. Like, maybe it is just that much worse now. Then you got that job super quick. Um, Well, yeah. And I also joined when I was 23. So, like, I wasn't as young as a lot of the kids that were there. Yeah. 
Um, and I'd actually finished college. So like, I was like, ah, I got a job super easy. And now when I get out, I'm going to have a master's. I'm going to be a vet. So like, even if I have to get like, I have to go back to work at DSW where I was working before, like I could do that. Nah. (laughs) Well, that was also getting, going to school while in, that was another big part of my plan when I first joined. Yeah. That was a huge part of my plan. There was no way you were going to do that. Oh yeah. It was, it was awful. Yeah. Um, Simply because, well, this the permanent mid shift. So I come in at night, anywhere between 10 p.m. to sometimes when I was coming, they would just mix it up coming at 4 a.m. And I could work anywhere from a 10 hour shift to a 16 hour shift. Yeah. Um, and it, it there was really no accounting for it. Um, and even then, it was mostly nights. And every once in a while, I'm like, oh, by the way, you're working a day shift tomorrow. Uh, so go yep. take a nap. Yeah. So that that really messed me up. Um, and I just didn't have energy and I just, I was depressed so often. There was, I, it, it was a struggle to get out of bed while I was in. Um, so I couldn't wait to get out. Could not wait to get out. I yeah. thought that was going to be the answer. And then to deal with all that stuff right when we first get out was, yeah. was awful. So you, you come to Denver and then I'm, I'm still there trying to get our house up for rent. And we were so low on funds. I, I was going, I was going every, like I had to eat once every other day. Um, and then finally I was able to come out and I got a job and then we were eating again and, and yeah, good. you know, ramen, ramen. Yeah. <laughs> but I was excited about some noodles, man. Once a day. Uh, I think you probably hit on this a little bit, but like, what do you think was the biggest struggle? Well, I guess in general, cause now it's like two years after yeah. what has been the biggest struggle do you think, especially for you transitioning from military <sighs> life to civilian life? Honestly, it's. There, there are so many things, and I think they all end up kind of coalescing into mental health issues. Yeah. There's, there's the social aspect. I, it's extremely difficult for me to meet new people and talk to people. Um, what about, what about meeting new people and talking to people is hard because you're not super introverted. Um, it's fun, fun gift from the military. I have extreme anxiety now mm-hmm. so I just feel uncomfortable and I'm in my head I'm in my head when I'm trying to talk to people yeah and and I just start to overcomplicate things in my own mind but on top of that there's also the simple fact that I feel like we come from two completely different worlds yeah and it's even though I was only in the military for six years operating in a certain way in the military does not translate into the civilian world. Right. There's little things like showing up on time. Ooh, we're so... That gives us so much anxiety when people are late. Yes. They do their own thing. And, like, I, we had that joke with Ryan because we had these friends that were never in the military, uh, this couple friends, and we would always go hang out at their house in Denver. And... <clears throat> So Ryan's mixed black and white, so yep. am I, and you're mixed, you know, black multiple Latino. things, you're brown. Yeah, I'm brown. Black, Latino, <laughs> and Native American, some other stuff. we would be the first people there. Yeah. Like, the first people there. We didn't have colored people time. The we, military took yeah, they, The military took that from us. We'd have so much anxiety if we weren't, like, there ten, at least ten minutes before. Something else that has been huge... Um, and I'll, I'll get back to, to just talking to people. And you brought this up uh, just last night, actually. 
So the big plans about going back to school. Too depressed to do it while I was in. Mm-hmm. I thought the answer was getting out. Um, and this also lends to the, the mental health issues. We got out. The entire time we're in, we're like, we're not meant to be in the military. We're not military-minded. We're not military-minded. Right. And then we get out, and we're like, we're not civilian-minded either. Right. So to realize that we didn't fit in the military, we don't fit in outside of the military, we don't fit in anywhere, we're so like, that's fun. fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then so it's like, maybe it's just me. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, then maybe I... we're the weird ones. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that, I mean, just exponentially increases the isolation we already feel. Right. Um, but then going to school, like I said, the school I went to, um, and Murray was at the same school and our friend Ryan that we were just talking about is one of the hardest schools, uh, in the country just because of how fast everything is. Yeah. But we got through it and we did well. You know what I mean? Um, even with everything going on while I was there, going through a divorce, uh, my father, uh, you know, being really sick and getting a phone call every couple of months saying that this might be it. Yeah. Uh, my father-in-law passing away and just everything, everything that was going on, the depression. Um, and this is something I, I think we're going to end up talking about later. But while I was there, I almost killed myself. I got really, really close because I thought my roommate was going to be gone for the weekend. Uh, something had happened. He came back literally. Had he been two minutes later, he would have he would have been having to call 911 yeah. <laughs> to get me off of that floor. Um. But even going through all that, I still managed to do well in school. Yeah. Trying to go to school now, everything. If you missed an assignment while we were in that school, you were screwed. You don't miss an assignment. You don't miss a day. You don't miss anything. So yeah. just doing regular classes. And they're easy. They are so easy yeah. in comparison. But I have so much anxiety. If I miss an assignment for any reason, I start freaking out. Yeah. I've dropped out of class. What? I've dropped out of school three times now. Since yeah. I've been out, I've had to quit every job because I keep having panic attacks or I'm afraid I'm going to explode and like beat someone yeah. um, or get fired for beating someone or exploding. It's, it's just been absolutely intense. So none of the goals, none of those ambitions, none of anything that I had planned to do when I went in have come to fruition yet. I'll say yet. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that was a really weird epiphany we had last night that for you guys, especially because you and Murray are going through very similar things with school. Yeah. Just seeing how traumatizing it was. Yeah. For you guys. And so now you have all of this anxiety and I think with the anxiety, it just ends up making you be like, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, school school has become almost a place of trauma. Like, yeah. it's it's not even like it scares me. It's just I have so much anxiety about being there. Right, and it's not even necessarily from the professors. Because, like, right now you're going to a community college. Yeah. And you're just doing some gen ed classes, which, you know, after going to college and doing higher level classes, that's cake. And some you're just these, like... <sighs> some of these classes, I literally... I could literally teach a couple yeah. of these courses right? Um, just from from all of my own reading and, and, and things of that nature, my own education and experience. Um, but I'll miss an assignment that's worth like two points and I'm freaking out. Yeah. And it, it's, it's awful. Um, I forgot. I forgot. Where it we was were. the struggle. Like what was the biggest struggle? And you said socializing with people, but we kind of got it. 
Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So the socializing, the mental health issue of it, um, it's just ev- honestly everything. Yeah. It's it's the feeling of well, I didn't fit in in the military and I don't fit in now. So what am I supposed to do? Right. What am I supposed to do now? Yeah. I can't work. I can't do anything. That's the way it feels. I'm not saying I actually can't. We're, like I said, we're working on yeah, it. Yeah, we're working on it. We'll get through it. <laughs> what do you think has been the easiest thing about transitioning? <sighs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to say what's easy when we're living with your mom. I will say, uh, yeah, <laughs> now, because we were homeless once the, again. Yeah. But, so, uh, we're and we're homeless this time because of the anxiety. That last job... That last job was an amazing work. It was Dagger in, in Denver. Yeah. Um, downtown Art Gallery and Axe Room. Axe Coaches. Yeah, I was Axe. I was the eight, the assistant general manager for, for a while. It was an amazing workplace. Worked with tons of veterans, which was the most hilarious thing. Yeah. Because we never thought we would want to be associated at all with the yep. military after we got out. Like, yeah. we thought we would... St- um, I remember going places with you, and if we saw someone in uniform, no ill will toward the person. No. But seeing the uniform brought back horrible memories. I would literally like, just be like, <laughs> 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 yeah. And honestly, for me, I just had so much empathy because I'm like, that dude is probably struggling, or that chick is probably struggling right now with some shit. No, they looked so confident, which I was um, like, yeah, stay in. Stay in. <laughs> um, the easiest part, though. Is not that it was easy, it's the simple fact that with all the horrible things that have happened since, I still, still would not go back. Yeah. I would not go back. I would rather be homeless. I would, and this is probably pretty dire, but I would rather be dead. I, so when they were talking about, you know, possible uh, drafts and stuff, and not this time around, because, you know, everybody, like, kind of <laughs> yeah. clung to the World War Three thing, but, like, I was just thinking about it, like, if I ever had to be called <clears throat> back, um, especially during our reserve years after. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'll break my leg. I and was, if that doesn't work, then I, here I go. <laughs> they, they were just going to, I'll go back, but I wasn't going to shave my beard. <laughs> I wasn't I gonna, was gonna go back beard. and I wasn't gonna pass any of the PT tests. I'd be like, good luck. <laughs> I was like, all right, I mean, you can have it. You can send me to jail, oh, yeah. you can do whatever you want. You're no. not giving me shin splints again. You're not giving me fractures up through my foot to my knee. Like, right? I'm not doing that again. But I'll sit at a desk for you, though. That's the other sad part because there were parts of my job that I truly enjoyed. Yeah. Um, And I, I just, I enjoyed being in the know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, we had to be so well versed with global politics and everything going right. on, which was also frustrating because then you hear people talking about things, people that don't know and can't know. There's no way they could know. Yeah. Um, all the information, uh, but you'll hear them saying things with so much confidence and so much surety, and I'm like, you're so very wrong. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. But everybody's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, I guess we kind of hit the best part too. About it's, the fact really, that we're not in. <laughs> it's it's the freedom. Yeah. Something that if you never joined the military or if you haven't like been completely surrounded by it. My whole family was military. Yeah. My father did 30 years. My mother did Same. 27 years. Well, not the... Yeah, the timelines, yeah. That's a lifer amount of time. <laughs> right. um, my mom did 27 years. My older brother did 14 or 15 years active, then finished off the his 20 in the reserves. Um, and both my parents loved their experience. All three of them were in the Navy. Yeah. Your parents um, 
love the Navy. Oh, my They love goodness. it so much. So they didn't give me real realistic ideas of what the military... But my older brother, on the other hand, yeah. he was like, look, if you're going to do this, know that it's going to suck. He was not wrong. They, they use you for everything they can. But, uh, oh, when we say we sign ourselves away to them, it's not an exaggeration. Yeah. They literally own your body. Yeah. They own your body. My older brother at one point in his tech school, something had happened. He was very frustrated. He punched a table and hit it wrong and broke his pinky knuckle and broke some of the small bones in his hands. Um, and he got written up for it. Um, I can't remember if it was like a LOR or whatever it was. Uh, but the probably wording, a different acronym because it's the Navy and we well, all have they, to be they still, special. They still had LORs and whatnot. <laughs> um, but it was literally written up. He was written up for, and this is how it was worded, destruction of government property. Because his hand is government property. Yep. His body is government property. You belong to them and they were like oh they can't they can't do this to us they can't do that to us when they were talking about uh when there were furloughs and there was a time when they thought we weren't going to get paid people like they can't do that it's illegal not true we still went to work they cannot pay you yep as long as they give you room and board yep so as long as you are kept alive they don't have to pay you no at least for a certain amount of time and usually the presidents have been really good at signing um you know, documents, getting military members paid. The civilians and contractors, not so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that's the one thing. So, the the easiest, the best part about getting out, the freedom. Yeah. We get to live wherever we want. We got stationed in, I think, the hot place of asshole. Like, yeah, it was, it was a place. It wasn't my not. And it it wasn't like the worst place, but it was awful. Yeah, it was pretty awful. Yeah, it was at least for me. I don't do heat well. It was extremely humid. It was the, it was extremely humid all year round, except for the winter, where it would it would get down below zero sometimes when I was walking into work. And sometimes you'd have spring January, and yeah. then you'd get like your allergies back because the trees are starting to bloom because they're confused. Oh my god! Yeah, it was pretty awful. Anyway, would you do it all over again um, if given who you are right now? Given who I am right now. So, oh man, we we have talked about this a lot. And this yeah. is something that I definitely have thought about a lot. Things I would change or things I could change. Um, and this, this is super sappy, but if I didn't do it over again, I would never get the chance to meet you. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing that always makes me say, yeah, I'd still do it again. Yeah, even though it was fucking awful. <laughs> but I, I look at I look at some of my friends, like my buddy Josh, who's who's back doing stunt work again. Yeah. Uh, he's doing a lot of big things. I look at buddies like my friend Artem, who now owns the gym that we both used to train out of and fight out of. Yeah. And also owns a company called F4. And he's doing amazing things. Doing a lot of the people that I used to train at that gym, used to mm-hmm. take my classes, are, you know, big, big figures in the company. Uh, my friend Steven uh, Orozco has smashed global. All these people doing these amazing things. And I'm like, had I not joined, had I just said, you know what, forget this. I'm going to focus on the fighting and like, you know, doing more management things, administrative things on this side. And right. like, seeing where I go with that, 
I could I feel like I could have had a lot of that because yeah. I mean we we were all we were all very similar in the way we thought and the way we operated um, so that would have been cool but there was also a lot of horrible things that came along with that there was there was just kind of a lot of uh, backstabbing and, and false personalities in that yeah. community um, and as horrible as everything was, I did get to gain um, some pretty cool knowledge and get to do some interesting things while I was in the military. Um, and it has opened up certain resources now. The question is if it was worth my mental health. Yeah. Because I'm in, as you very well know, and as you do as well, we, we still we still battle with depression, anxiety, and just all kinds of issues. Yeah. And it, it completely affects us in every way. Um, so that's a hard question to answer. I know. I, I I wish there was some way for us to meet without us having to go through that those horrors. Yeah, me too. But we lived on opposite coasts. Yeah. Literally so that, opposite coasts. Yeah. So that was not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else that you think is worth sharing? I, I want to be clear that I'm not saying that the military is horrible for everyone. Yeah. We already knew that. Yeah. We saw people and they thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, my parents loved it and it was great for them. And I think there are tons and tons and tons of people who would, who can benefit from it. Right. And it provides them something they need. We were in a career field that um, not only attracts people that might be predisposed to mental health issues, but then really exacerbates them. Like it, it makes it so much worse. Right. Um, and on top of that, we weren't really military-minded people. Um, so it's not for everybody. Yeah. And it's not something that you should take lightly. Also, be aware, your recruiters lie. They all lie. <laughs> they they all, all lie. If you can get them, like, on the phone. Yeah. They will lie I was to talking to mine in person, and they... I mean, if you could get them in person, on the phone, it because even, yeah. Air Force recruiters are notorious for just not being there. They had no clue what my career field did. No. None. My instructors at my first tech school had the, no idea yeah. what we did, and they're the ones that taught us the, the lion's share of what we had to know. Yeah. Um. So, I went in thinking I was going to do some really cool secret squirrel stuff, you know, some Jason Bourne stuff, and it was not that. Not at uh, all. You're Jason Bourne behind a computer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stanley Bourne. His little brother that just worked behind a screen all day. Wow. In a room with no windows. Stanley. Stanley. It's, it's Kyle Bourne. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's not that the military is the worst thing in the world. Um, but I think you have to be extremely aware of what you're getting into when you go in and know what your goals are. And even knowing your goals still doesn't always no. help. Because my mom told me, like, right when I got into basic, she was like, it's going to be hard. So you need to write down your reason for joining. And my reason for joining was to get my master's paid yeah. for. And I mean, I got it done. Um, but it does not help when you work a shift that switches from days to nights every two weeks and then even during that whole changing it's like a you get a day to right. switch back over like from right. you get off at 6 a.m on sunday and you're back at 7 a.m on a monday it's just it's awful it 
Yeah, I had everything in mind. And again, I was older while I was in. I knew what the outside world was like. I knew what I what I came in planning to do. I wasn't some young kid. And I still hit depths of percept uh, of depression that just I immobilized me completely while I was in. And I'm still battling against, uh, battling against that now. So yeah, just Yeah. <laughs> military is <sighs> it's not even what you make of it either because no. you get i we tried so hard to get to other jobs um you know in the episode with murray i mentioned you know i applied to leave my contract early to work <laughs> a social work job in the same office like who gave me the time out early didn't give me the job. It was they didn't even hit me up about the job. I never heard from them about the job. It was wild. The same office that had to approve you separating early for the job yeah. was the same office that was presenting the job. Yep. And they gave you permission to leave for, for a that job, job that they never gave you. Yeah. It was the weirdest. Was so and that weird. was, that is, that sums up life in the military better than anything I can ever imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that was... Mm. Mm. <laughs> and it was still worth getting out. It Even still with was. everything going on, it yeah. was still worth getting out. Because I, sometimes I think, what if I just stayed in for the 20 and collected retirement? But at that point, there is a very good chance, and I'm, I'm not... I am not being extra right now. There's a very good chance I would have killed myself before I hit 20 years. I think so too for me. So. Yeah. It was it was just brutal. Well, we'll end on that really happy note. It was such a light note. <laughs> well, Fred's still alive. He's still drinking his bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for sitting down with me. Yeah, thank you. And talking with me. Yeah. All right. Hey guys, just check it in. Thanks for uh, sitting down uh, with Fred and I this week uh, about his transitioning experience out of the military and a little bit of mine. Uh, hopefully uh, you were able to connect with some of uh, Fred's unique experiences while he was in and some of our experiences while transitioning out. Um, if you'd like to leave us a comment or some thoughts, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at home.podcast. Um, or hit us up personally, if you know us personally. I'd also like to take the chance to talk a little bit about our company, uh, The Whale Corn Co. I hand crochet all of the beanies, and we hand uh, blend uh, beard oil and beard balms. And there's also some really cool gear on the website as well, so if you guys want to check it out, it's at thewhalecornco.squarespace.com. And a portion of the proceeds goes towards organizations that focus on veterans mental health. And so yeah. All right. See you next time.